Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Live Call-In Show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And uh, for the next 90 minutes or so, we'll be taking your calls on Star Wars Celebration, The Last Jedi, the 30th anniversary, whatever you want to talk Star Wars. We are here. It is. We've had so much Star Wars news uh, from last weekend, but the dust is sort of settled now, so it is up to you what you'd like to talk about. Uh, other things happening on the Steel Wars RSS feed on iTunes or wherever you might be able to find podcasts is I just put up a very special episode where I have one-on-one interviews with the cast of The Last Jedi. They're pretty quick, but um, I think they're pretty good. So we're talking Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Ryan Johnson, Kathy Kenny. Kathleen Kennedy, pardon I, and Kelly Marie Tran. I just finished my last comedy festival podcast yesterday. I just flew back from America. I just had the best week ever, and my body is in complete agony. It, it aches. It aches with fun. Much of that fun was had with our co-host today. What a true delight it was to meet him and uh, his uh, finer half, Jesse, and hang out and talk Star Wars from the Blue Harvest and the Rogue One podcast for winners. It's Hawes Burkhart. How's it going, buddy? It's good. I'm just coming down. It was all a dream. Yeah, yeah man. Was uh, right. it, was, it was tough getting back to the, the real world this past week, I got to say. The cold, hard, real world. I... um. I caught up yesterday in between putting up shows myself. I did listen to your very uh, entertaining double episode. You collabed uh, Blue Harvest and Rogue One to do a bit of a uh, celebration recap. And uh, I would highly recommend that to any listeners of Star Wars Audio Media. There you go. I've got them all. (laughs) Well, thanks, buddy. And might I add that uh, your interview pod that you put up last night was excellent my friend i was so happy for you grinning like an idiot sitting on my couch listening to that last night cheers man i it was it's interesting because i you know it's for morning tv and so Mm -hmm. to try balance up stuff that would do you know what i mean you can only go so deep into questions uh right that will be usable on there but i i tried to do stuff that would you know, like people like yourself would listen to and go, oh, that's, a, that's an interesting answer. Hopefully. That was the goal. Uh, so, uh, there, was, there was one in particular that, uh, that I found really interesting, and that was that John Boyega basically confirmed that he's going to be in episode nine in, uh, in your little segment with him. Did he? Uh, he said, didn't he say he was signed on for episode nine in yours? Yeah, when you he maybe to- did. When you were talking I, 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 to him yeah. about like the legacy and would he come back and you know what was was he thinking ah. about what it would be like to come back in like twenty years and see that kind of reaction and he also uh, you know was that whole thing he was talking about think about what they're trying to do to you it's all a trick I thought that was interesting as well. <laughs> so now you've 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 closing the shutter blades now you you don't know what's going on. <laughs> Lucasfilm's out there trying to trick you, Horsey. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, what was your, what was a few of your highlights, buddy? Uh, celebration, man. Uh, getting to meet all these people that I've interacted with on Twitter for the last two or three years—that was fun. And uh, and uh, the MSW party last Friday probably the the highlight of the entire trip for me um just a lot of fun and then the 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 last jedi panel the panel itself was amazing the line was amazing and horrible at the same time somehow <laughs> it is that 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 overnight line it's sort of this weird mix of the best time ever and torture 
Yeah, and and then Jesse and I were going into it like, oh man, we're so prepared. We got everything we need. Wrong, wrong. So not prepared. <laughs> See what what you went in there with that made you unprepared is you went in there with high spirits. <laughs> you, you should. <laughs> yeah. You were too so, excited to be in the line. Yeah, those spirits got crushed about mm, two thirty, three in the morning, I think, when they dropped the temperature by like 40 degrees in the hall yeah i think i broke out at about three so i think it might have happened just after that but i i I will sizzle something for you that on the last night unfortunately you guys had to leave but we recorded a megapod where we get a bunch of podcasts together in a room and uh a fair amount of alcohol and uh you know so we each do a little segment and jonathan grasso like, I don't know if I've laughed harder ever in my life. He he was just, his spirit came alive. It was, he, the, he, it was one of the funniest things. He was podcasting around the room, just strutting up and down like a proud peacock. And <laughs> it was, it was so funny. It was like, like I heard, like, you know, when you laugh so much, you wake up the next day and you like you go, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, it was that thing that made me laugh. That that was Jonathan yeah. Grasso. So I had a lot a, of that like laughing too much rib pain the next morning after a few days of celebration. So much fun. And then I, I've talked to Johnny about Megapod a little bit, but he won't even tell me much of what went down. All he will say is I represented the Rogue One brand well. And man, that could mean a whole lot of things, in my opinion. I don't think he remembers. I think he just blacked out and then just woke up in the morning in a cold sweat because he had, yeah, he he was filled with some amazing comedic spirit. So what we're going to do is uh, we'll do 45 minutes uh, on the open show for people just listening on iTunes. But for those listening live and members of our Patreon content club, you will get the other half of the bonus show as well. So uh, if you're listening live, you do get to hear it all for free. And if you want to sign up and join our Patreon content club, it is patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. You get the bonus shows, you get all the archives and uh, also the uh, the special shows we just do for Patreons. We've also just put up um, some commentaries, some live comedy commentaries. We already had the A New Hope and we just put up the Phantom Menace and the Star Wars Holiday Special. So um, some of those things are, uh, yeah, maybe that's kind of like, I think the holiday special one might be a bit like lining up for a panel at Celebration. The best fun ever, but torture at the same time. <laughs> Man, uh, the the synced up version with the video that's up on your Patreon, so uh-huh. great. I, I had a great, great time watching that. Oh, nice, nice. So if you are listening live, you can call in on 646-668-8360. Or you can Skype in as well if you're international. Just change it to America. You'll probably have to add a plus one. But we have got loaded lines. And before we get started, let's keep the calls clean. Let's keep the calls fun and uh, we will talk some Star Wars. Hopefully we won't talk all over each other and our uh, editing genius, uh, Eric Struthers, will have minimal work and he can go back to combing his luscious Triple H-like locks of hair, which I assume takes hours of preparation each day. What about you, Hawes? No, definitely. I saw that main in person. And let's be honest, he's also got to spend a little time coordinating T-shirts with me so we can wear the t- same T-shirt every day. <laughs> All right. Our first call, we are going out to uh, Patreon Content Club listener and member Cody. What's going on, man? Not much. How's it going? Good, Cody. Where are you calling from? Uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Do you ever do you ever get any David Letterman sightings? Uh, no, <laughs> not a chance. Pretty far away from the city. But I, th- I think he lives 
he doesn't live in the city. He lives like I'm sure upstate New York is a giant place. But um, people always say that when you're from Australia. Do you know this person? And then you go, it's a big country. And then halfway through the sentence, you go, oh, yeah, actually, I, I, I do know that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably not the best thing. But David Wedderman now, he has got a, um, a beard right up there with horsey horses. It, uh, it has got some girth. I am digging the Letterman beard. Digging that Letterman it's, beard. It is so nice. What's on your mind today, Cody? Uh, first off... Um, the sweet, sweet content from uh, Celebration is pretty awesome. I felt like I was right there with you guys in the uh, 40th anniversary panel. It was pretty awesome to listen to. Um, nice, man. And then I have, I have a really, really nerdy question for you guys. Um, this is the place of... to unleash it. <laughs> yeah, this one's pretty bad, though. So it's been, it's been stewing me for, since, since about Force Awakens. But uh, for all the problems that the Legends canon had, um, you know, continuity-wise, they did pretty good uh, with the rules of hyperspace. And when I was watching Force Awakens, it really took me out of it when the Falcon just, like, jumped into a planet. And they did it again with Rogue One jumping out of um, Jeddah. And I'm wondering if that bugs anybody but me that, you know, in, in Legends, you had to work around planets and their gravity wells and their mass shadows and stuff. But it seems like uh, they've just thrown all those rules away. And it just, is it just me that it bugs? Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I don't know that it necessarily bugs me, but I do know what you mean because I read, I'm by no means fully read up on all of the legends, but I read a lot of it. And um, you're all right. They did spend quite a bit of time sort of explaining hyperspace and the rules of that. Uh, it did seem, it didn't necessarily bug me that, on how they did it, but that they sort of just did it in reverse in Rogue One, like you mentioned, like in Force Awakens, they jump into the atmosphere of a planet and in Force or in Rogue One, they jump out and it just seems like they kind of reuse that idea, but in reverse. And I guess that yeah. sort of bugged me more than like the technical aspect of it. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they did it twice in the Force Awakens with the in-ship hyperspace jump and then the interplanet. So I, I guess I found it a little bit weird, but for a different reason, is in, in that, that they, they, they kind of double-dipped for no real gain. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, the ship, the ship one didn't really bother me, but the planet one, it just seemed odd. And then, you know, I guess, I guess Han's got a lot of luck, but the fact that they didn't just, you know splatter into the side of a mountain or something, you know? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I don't mind that. I don't know. It, it's weird. People have, you know, like I've got tons of things that, that really rattle my chain or some other saying like that. That that, that triple zero, some people have been posting their triple zero exclusives they got at Celebration. <laughs> and, it, and I feel like every, even people that I don't even know, I feel like they're trolling me with this so um but you know that's just that's that's what makes it interesting that's why these podcasts can go on because we we get bugged by separate smaller things but i don't really recall much of the hyperspace explanations in the eu so i've got with that i've got that um free pass that i get when i go to see like marvel uh films that i haven't read all the uh source material so none of it bugs me i just go woo. Spider-Man, yes. Sweet. Like, I don't know, like, if his web shooters were different in that series of comic or anything like that. So it's a, a, um, a freeing experience sometimes that, you know, just to be able to have that step away and enjoy it. But, yeah, I think I, I, I like, Cody, that you've been sitting on this for a year and a half and you've finally decided <laughs> to open up about it. Yeah, my therapist <laughs> says I should. <laughs> um what else happened man what did you uh what was your your sort of big favorite thing from celebration uh well unfortunately i didn't get to go i really really wanted to but just couldn't find the time or the money but um i really think it was that 40th panel i watched the live stream of it and um i didn't know lucas was going to be there i think it was like the worst kept secret ever from what i understand now but it was pretty neat seeing him come on stage, and uh, he is really awkward, isn't he? I heard you talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> he's, a, yeah, he's a different kind but, of guy, that's for sure. 
but in the most endearing way. Just in the totally could not, just doesn't like. There's no such a nonchalance. Was just at the start was kind of a bit confronting. Then it was just like this dude doesn't care. Like <laughs> like he cares, but he doesn't. He he doesn't Hollywood care. He's just sort of yeah. Well, he wears the same clothes every day, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, um, was it with you, Horse? We did a big breakdown of his sneakers. That is, indeed. That was you and I on the show floor right after I met Mark Hamill. I was in a daze, and I was like, uh, George Lucas' shoes. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to go to the 40th, but I watched it on YouTube after we got home, and the image of him sitting on that couch and just, like, dangling his legs back and forth, like, just, oh, man, I love George. Yeah, it's it's weird to see when you got to see hints of what it's like to be a real person and have created all this and come under fire, you know, whether, you know, I, I guess he thought whatever he was doing was the best thing. But when you see those little hints of annoyances and like a real person, because he's such a, like a deity to Star Wars fans and all this you know, the mythos around George Lucas and Lucasfilm and, and, and Skywalker Ranch is, you know, as powerful as the, the stories he created. And so just to see him up there, just like, yep, some people on the internet are mean, aren't they? Like, it was really <laughs> quite telling. And, and yes, some people on the internet are mean um, because, I don't know, they've got, too much free times on their hands, I think. I think. But uh, thanks so much for your call, Cody, and uh, thanks for being a member of the uh, Content Club. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, if I can ask just one real quick question, um, you when he mentioned may. Star Wars was when he mentioned that was Star Wars was meant for twelve-year-olds. Did every adult man in that room just kind of cringe, or what was the atmosphere there like? Because that was that was funny to hear from him. Um. I don't really remember a cringe. I, I I'm pretty aware of um, its twelve year oldness, and I, but, yeah. but that said, I, I think twelve year olds can be pretty savvy and um, demand more story than um, you know than what some. I, I think George Lucas made it for twelve year olds, but gave him a lot of credit, you know, with all the unexplained backstory of the Clone Wars. Um, yeah. The spice mines of Kessel, like it, it didn't, you know. Whereas Rebels plays to a younger age, and kind of everything has to be like double explained. There's a lot of, a lot of people in the Star Wars universe now just, just talk out loud to themselves constantly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if there was people in the audience that that found that a diss or something, but I think they're, they're kind of living in a in a fantasy if um, they think any different. What do you think, Hawes? Uh It didn't bother me one bit. When I heard it, I chuckled, and I was like, well, that's because I'm a giant 12-year-old. So that makes sense. Right on. Yeah. It is. It is yeah. I, I have to... I will watch it all again, but I think it's... You know, I, I think it's a funny comeback. Like, I, I, I enjoyed the mm-hmm. mates and stuff, and, you know, whether you agree with someone or not, I do... Like sometimes when I'm, you know, debating something and, you know, there, were, there was a large debate on the internet a couple of weeks ago and the people that were debating me, I'm just like, this is pathetic. Like, can't, like, I can write better defenses for you than this. Like, and, and I think the, um, the George Lucas comeback of just like, it's for 12 year olds. I, I think it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Um, well, thanks, Hates Cody, and uh, I look forward to having you on the show again soon. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Nice. Um, speaking of being very tired, Hawes, I've got, got a story sure. to tell you. Okay. So I had a um, like I had the best time at, at Celebration. Like an, an unbelievably, um, there was there was there was one one tiny little thing that that didn't go my way, but it was part of like a massively good thing. So I just, I just swept it away and I, I got to meet like so many great friends from the internet, like, like, like you and, um, you know, people like Saf that I'd never met in person. It was, you know, just 
tremendous fun. And I oh Ben Hart with no E got to meet that. Yes, he was, he was and he's and he's a, like super cool mum and dad. They were they were so so nice. Bought me. I have to give public thanks for this. We all got given the uh, the Carrie Fisher poster after the 40th anniversary panel. Ben Hart with no E's dad goes out and buys everyone little plastic sleeves. So our posters oh. don't get crumpled. That was, was a clutch move, man. Nice. Yeah. I, I was just thrilled. So um, thank you guys for that. And um, so, like, you know, the, the live podcast went really well. And I think, as you said on uh, one of the episodes, if it was Blue Harvest or um, Rogue One, it was just like there was maybe like 150 people, 200 people there, and everyone just had giant grins. Like everyone was having oh. the best time. It was it was magical. It was a magical yeah, night. Yeah, it was just like Grinfest, uh, 2017. So I had this great weekend. I, I you know, I, I could not have a complaint about it. And we we did the Megapod on uh, Sunday night. I woke up nice and early, or early for me, so I could get to the uh, airport in time. I didn't want to miss my plane because that would cost me any time to have, I had one night um, back in LA with Jackie, my wife. So I didn't want to like miss a plane and then get in late and, and have, you know, not be able to like, you know, go hiking or whatever that we like to do. And I go through the, the, in the morning, the, the, the security line was so long because I guess there's a lot of people leaving and it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, Monday morning. So I go through security and, you know, security in America is a little bit more, complex because you have to take off your, your 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 sneakers and all that sort of stuff so you have to take your laptop out and all that business so did that got packed back up and then you got a train like a little like a monorail sort of thing to go out to your end of the um the airport and then i, I found a breakfast place i ordered breakfast and i'm like well i'm going to be on two flights i better cha- charge my phone so i went to get out my laptop to charge it now, my backpack was immediately a lot lighter, Hawes. Oh, no. A lot lighter. And I hadn't just gotten stronger throughout the weekend. I was short one laptop. Oh. I had not, I had not repacked it at the security check-in because I was so tired. I just left it oh. there. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the bad thing that, like... This is like I, I'm now paying for all the good things that just happened. Like this is horrible. <laughs> this is going to be the thing. I have to like get a new laptop. I have to work out what stuff. Like I back it up, but I, you know, I hadn't backed it up for several days. I've been away, so I go to the waitress. I just go, I have my backpack of security. Watch all this stuff. So I'm a bag there, and I just sprint, and I have to get back in this monorail. And do you know what? The monorail doesn't go faster when you're in a hurry. Right, I was about to say, that had to be the longest uh, little monorail drive ever. It goes far slower. And I'm the one person, because everyone's already got, they've just gotten off their plane, so they're not late for it. I'm there panting. And then I run to the security thing, try to work out, because it's a massive airport, like exactly where I was. And then there's this security guard standing at the x-ray machines, holding my laptop, which is covered in have you seen him Luke Skywalker stickers? So I know it instantly. And I'm just like, mine. Thank you. And he goes, he goes, it's all right, sir. It's all right, sir. I get it. And then he goes, of course I kept it for you. I always look out for another rebel. Oh, Oh, wow. Perfect. And I said, are you allowed to have hugs? And he goes, yes, sir. And I hugged my little rebel and I got my laptop and I hugged it all the way back to the uh, little restaurant and back to my perfect weekend. That's what Star Wars fans rule, man. (laughs) Hey, you guys, the Steel Wars merch store has been updated with brand new sticker packs. We've got the new I'm with Snoke, the Yub Nub and the classics. Have you seen him and the infamous... Your Snoke Theory sucks. You can get an assorted pack of 10 for just $5. And while you're sticking your little adhesives, you'll be warm in the glow that you're supporting the Steel Wars podcast. It's all up at SteelWars.com. 
All right, let's go to our next call. Uh, if you are a regular listener to the show, this guy will be no secret to you. It is a guy that does so much behind the scenes, including crop his uh, farm, his amazing hair. It is Eric Struthers. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. And I'll tell you what, even better after hearing that story about your laptop. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was It was tough. It was tough. But uh, what's on your mind, man? Well, first, I just want to tell both of you that, you know, getting to meet you guys and hang out here in person was a huge deal. Like, that's that's what made Celebration so good, was, was hanging out with everybody. And Hawes, geez, dude, you were like the, the bell of the ball at this point. No, time. I don't know about all that. Oh, I know, buddy. I was there. <laughs> but, um, I just... I got to ask you, man, like I keep having these bouts of just like where I'm, I don't want to say depressed, depressed, but like, you know, borderline, just like this overwhelming bummed out feeling of, because everything was so cool for those few days. And I mean, not that being home isn't cool too, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, have you had a hard time shaking that off after this many days have gone past? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm still getting celebration blues. Like I went to a Toys R Us today just to look at Star Wars toys because I was like, yeah, it's like a <laughs> tiny version. of. I'm not joking. I went to look at Star Wars toys at Toys R Us today just to get a little bit of the magic back. I need a little fix. <laughs> what, what sort of magic was at Toys R Us? Um, well, you know, if you're if you're familiar with going out and looking for Star Wars toys, not a whole lot bunch of Zuvios. Good old Zuvio. Oh, man. Did anyone see a Zuvio cosplayer at Celebration? I I don't think I saw one. Oh, no. It it, it would have been funny if there was a running of the Zuvios. (laughs) They have, um, for those that don't know, what, what, my, I'm a bit of a, got a mental block. What's the character's name, Hawes? Will Rowe. They do the running of? Will Rowhood, that is it, the ice cream man maker from um, Bespin when everyone's escaping. They do the running of the Will Rowhoods, and it is such a ludicrously awesome tradition that you see all these ice cream maker men running in their little orange jumpsuits through the the convention. It's just like, like there's something so dumb about it that is so awesome that, it's like I, I, that's the cool thing about celebration, which may be a bit different to other conventions, is how much the fans like have input and start their own silly traditions that like become part of the con, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I missed it. I didn't see the running of the Wilro Hoods this year. I was kind of bummed about that. Yeah, I saw a bit of Wilro hooding. I saw one of my favorite cosplayers who's uh, just getting a few articles at the moment online was a. I think maybe like a three or four year old Jin Urso who every time she saw anyone cosplaying as princess Leia would go up and give um, the plans to the Death Star to like on this awesome sort of clear perspex, like that sort of look like the, the thing that they slot in at one of the, I think maybe on the rebel frigate or something, but yeah, so she would just go up and go, here's the death star plans to anyone wearing princess Leia cosplay, which that's pretty sick. That's awesome. I saw a couple articles about that too. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I saw um, some really good, you know, those uh, Bandai samurai star Wars figures. They do the Tamashi nations. I believe they're called. I saw some cool cosplays of those that were, were pretty neat. Wow, that's a heavy costume to try take on as well. Yeah, yeah, there was, for sure. There was actually there was actually two dudes in security line that were on my flight that had uh, those those costumes, and I didn't realize it, but like their buckets were were it was completely carved out of foam. It wasn't oh. ABS or anything, but man, they looked good. Nice. How did you guys go with uh, exclusives? I kind of. I, I didn't hear the the hard luck stories this year that I've heard from other years. It seemed like it wasn't that hard to get what you wanted. You know, honestly, I hadn't. I mean, besides the Funko booth, which operated purely on a, a lottery basis, 
I had. Oh, well, mm-hmm. Funko's another. That that's another realm altogether. That is like. And, you may as well enter the lotter, like the actual lotto, instead of that. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I I did luck out. the The one Funko that I wanted was the Thrawn, and they just so happened to have that at Toys R Us while I was there today. So I oh, did nice. have a little little stroke of luck there. But yeah, the Hasbro. Oh, booth. so it all it wasn't all tears down at the Toys R Us today, then, was it? It. No, no, I was trying to play it up like like a big man, <laughs> I guess. That's what get. <laughs> It all comes out. When I um, when I edit the show, do you want me to put like Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background during that <laughs> section? Um, but what what stuff? Hawes, you got the the X Wing Luke um, 40th anniversary in reasonable um, amount of effort. I think it maybe it took you two goes, which was a bit unfortunate, but. No, I mean, can I really complain? No, I, we ended up getting them on Sun, or Saturday, no problem. Only ended up having to stand in line maybe 20 minutes, if that. The Hasbro booth was moving very efficiently, it seemed like. And uh, I got the Thrawn, the exclusive Thrawn book that the Del Rey booth was selling with really no issue. And I got that on the first day. So as far as the exclusives go, uh, I know the Celebration store looked like it was jam packed all weekend but i got in there right away and got the the couple of things i was going for there including that goofy plush boba fett in yeah, that, pit. that was the only thing that really caught my eye i i think i went in there maybe on the second day um and yeah i walked out with nothing like i because i don't i'm not really a t-shirt guy because right. Like I have so like because I I you know make the podcast ones I I have a lot of t-shirts and yeah there was nothing really else like at at Celebration London I got the Lothcat plushes that was right up my alley and right. I, I guess the closest thing would have been the um the the plush Sarlacc pit but I just at the new apartment in LA there just wasn't a place for it and I'm trying just to get stuff that I can utilize so I, I walked out empty handed. Uh, the guy I was with my cameraman was going to buy some little like sort of hacky sacks and then he went to buy them and they said, Oh, it's like a thirty, forty minute wait to check out and he just went, Oh nah, that's that's, that's too long. So that that's crazy. A thirty minute wait to pay for something after you're in the shop. But, yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't plan on I didn't plan on getting anything. You know, I mean I thought, oh the X Wing Luke will be cool. But whatever, you know, my I wanted to spend that time experiencing people and stuff and not just get trapped in line. But uh, I I think maybe it was Saturday. One of the guys I was with was like, hey, man, that line at the Hasbro booth is about six minutes long. And so Ben Hart with Noe and I took off over there and got in line. And, I mean, it was probably about four minutes from beginning to end, and I was holding two of those things. And uh, no problem. But the, the one exclusive I did want to get – and I did get for for my uh, my sweetie Emily Lind is the uh, Mendo cover of the of uh, Star Wars Insider. Oh, nice! Yeah, but past that, man, I just wanted to hang out because <laughs> buying the exclusives wasn't too big of a deal. Did either of you guys get a chance to check out the Artist Alley? Not as much. I, I was listening to you guys talking about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't like, I didn't really hit that up too hard. Um, so yeah, that might have been one of the things that I just didn't get to that I would have liked to have done. It was really cool, man. Like, if if I didn't have a pretty sizable Star Wars art collection already and limited wall space to put it up, I could have blown a lot of money there. And um, the really the only one I couldn't pass up was uh, a really nice print of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Nice. I think I know the one. I think I know the one. Yeah, it's a point of just like, like I'm about to like eBay a bunch of posters because it's just like, how much, when am I going to have this much wall? You know, you can only push the, uh, you know, Jackie's a big Star Wars fan, but she does not want wallpapered. Star Wars posters all over the apartment. 
Trust mm-hmm. me. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, uh, so do I, buddy. So do I. I tell you that one of the coolest, I, I myself, for exclusives, I just wanted my itty bitties. And once I was I'd done with that, that was Saturday morning, I got my blue snaggletooth, which was um, not in a package because blue snaggletooth never came in a package. And then they had vintage packaging in the vintage Kenner style. They had um, hammerhead and red snaggletooth. And they looked so cool. And I had such anxiety about getting these itty bitties. And then I had anxiety about having anxiety that as a grown man, I have anxiety about getting these $6 <laughs> teddy bears. Like I was like, is this where I need to be in life right now? And ultimately the answer was yes. But when I got them, the, the, the flood of relief was invigorating as it was pathetic. It was just, I'm, I know I've exactly got, got what this you photo mean. with this little teddy bear, the giant grin, just like there is one relieved supersized baby right there. Yeah, I like that new trend of cosplaying as vintage oh, action figures. Me that's, too. That's cool. I saw an excellent Obi-Wan and Leia vintage, uh, you know, done in the vintage style, and it made me so happy. It was so neat. It was so cool. One exclusive that I thought was very cool, I um, I didn't get it, and I, I, I put in zero effort into trying to get it, apart from just going to the booth and going, oh, that's sold out for today, was the Gentle Giant, they do their upsize figures. So you can get like a vintage figure and it's 12 inches. They blow up the, the Kenner figures to a giant size, which is super cool. Then they did, which was pretty funny, they did their exclusive, or one of them was the Dianoga um, trash compactor monster from the Death Star oh, playset. They blew so that good. up 12 times, and it came in this blister pack with the Dianoga, and then all the, like in the vintage uh, Death Star playset that was released in America, not the, the English cardboard one, but the, the American plastic one, the trash compactor section came with all these foam pieces to resemble the trash. And so they'd upsized all these foam squares and triangles as well with the Dianoga in there. And I was just like, like I, I sort of had a thing of like, oh, I didn't get that. But then I was just like, I'm just glad it exists. I'm just <laughs> glad that someone's thinking. Like someone yeah. drove home from Gentle Giant one day just going, I nailed it today. I'm doing a good job. What a suggestion. <laughs> I saw people walking around with it and I was like, Oh, maybe. And I just, there's so much to see. And I never got back over there. Cause it was something that was like on my, in my peripheral, like maybe, yeah, I'll go over there and try to pick that up. But there's just so much to see and do. And you forget about it cause you get distracted by, you know, something cool and, or meeting somebody cool and you just never get back around to it. I somehow missed the Rancho Obi-Wan booth. That's something I realized a couple of days ago. Something I would have loved to check out. Never saw it. Ah. Well, we covered a bit of that in the, the Studio 10 if on my Twitter. And um, it'll be up on my YouTube pretty soon. But the, I, I filmed like a segment for Studio 10. that, And we got to talk to Steve. And there's a bit of a overlay footage of they set up a like a dream bedroom in 1978. Mm-hmm. If you were a very rich young boy, if you were the um, the Baron Trump of your time, this is how your um, your bedroom would have looked. So that's uh, super cool. Also, just on that, we will have YouTube clips of all the cast interviews going up uh, this week. Josh Chapman is uh, currently prepping, prepping it up. Um, Eric, anything to leave us with, buddy? Just congratulations, man. Congratulations on scoring that gig. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, you work hard, and you, you obviously it's really paid off. And Hawes, again, it was so fantastic to meet you, man. I hope it's not two years before we get a chance to do it again. Same here, buddy. Nice to meet you as well. We'll have to coordinate shirts next time we hang out. That'll be <laughs> that our thing. That was completely by accident. Two days I in know. a row. <laughs> All right. Thanks, H. Struthers. I will talk to you later on, man. Deal, man. See ya. All right. Let's hit the next call. Uh, this is from a uh, another Patreon content club member. It is the king himself, King Tom. Oh, Where are you calling yeah. from, Tom? 
Hey, hey guys, how's it going? I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio. It's it's a pleasure to be uh, online with the Rock and Sock connection of the Star Wars podcast universe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry, where are you calling from again? Oh, I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio. It doesn't matter where you're calling from. <laughs> <laughs> what do you I got for us, King that. Tom? Um, I got, I, there was something I had a question about. I just wanted to say about Cody's call before with the hyperspace, the, the idea of jumping in a planetary atmosphere in hyperspace was something that George planned in the original draft of Star Wars and the original draft of Phantom Menace, but he never used. Oh, really? I did not know that. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly. It's in one of the making of books and like went back when it was the, you know, the star killer. And um, there was something going on with that, but with the Phantom Menace, it was how, when they returned to Naboo, how they were going to get past the blockade and Anakin, you know, no computer could do it, but Anakin, because he was such a great pilot, Qui-Gon was like, well, the boy can do it. So, but George took that. Yeah. George took that out of the script and I guess they recycled it for, um, the Force Awakens. Ooh, King Tom, King Tom, getting all Robo on us right here with some facts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to t- t- tuck that up into the beard for future. Yeah, future reference. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm glad I beat. I, I'm glad I beat Robo uh, tonight in on that. Um, but my 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 question slash comment is about Ryan Johnson because right now, after seeing everything at you know, that you did at Celebration, the, the panel, all the interviews of him. And he had a Twitter comment today. Some guy was saying something like, uh, The Last Jedi is just going to be another Empire Strikes Back, and he's only doing what Disney told him to do. And his reply was, I've had more creative freedom on this than I have any other movie I've ever made. And right now, I'm on, I am on such a Ryan Johnson high. And, you know, I know, Steele, you met him and you talked with him. Oh, listen uh, up, am, King. Am I... I'm, I'm on, I've got, I've got a line on some uncut, pure Ryan Johnson. <laughs> you <wanna> get... <laughs> I am sure you do. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, continue. I couldn't resist that oh. line. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, it, 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 was this your feeling too? Uh, you know, because he's a quality director, he knows how to tell a story. So, a, am I wrong in feeling that? A, and I'm going to need to be talked down after the Last Jedi is released if it's good. You know, going from Ryan Johnson to Colin Trevorrow, because I'm sure you know, Trevorrow is a good director, but it just feels like Johnson is bringing so much to the table and he's saying all the right things at this point that it feels like there's going to be a transition and I'm trying to, you know, preemptively talk myself down from that. Um, That is the the future you see, which is very um, uncertain. Always, always in motion, I guess. Always in motion. Like I, I, is is not Ryan Johnson also writing the script for episode nine or is, um, that was the original, that was the original rumor when he signed on for eight was that he was going to write and direct eight and write nine. But I believe in the months since Carrie's passing, when they've talked about the rewrites and stuff they've had to do to the script, that it's been Colin Trevorrow that they've mentioned as writing it. So Mm. I think, I don't think Ryan is writing nine, although you know, from the little bit we've seen and, and everything we've seen with him and interactions and, and what he's saying about what he's trying to do with this movie, I really wish he was writing Nine. Yeah, he definitely, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for, for what this film will give us and surprise us with. And then, like, it might not be what we want, but then at the end, we're like, oh, that was cool. Like, when when you look back at Empire Strikes Back, say, like, we were in that time now, and, like, it ends on, you know, it does not end how anyone would expect with, um, like, Han Solo Frozen. Like, everyone would have, 
I, I would imagine that if you're watching that when you were, you know, 12 years old in 1980 and you're midway through the film, you're like, well, he's not going to get frozen. Luke Skywalker is going to get there and save them. Like, that's what has to mm-hmm. happen. And it doesn't. And yeah. like, that's the sort of like unexpected, but for the long term, oh my God, that is awesome like twist that I think we might be able to get out of uh, Ryan Johnson. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say, I don't know, like he won a lot of people over <laughs> at that convention <laughs> with uh, that, that, that late night signing session and, and um, like genuine, like he does, it does seem very genuine The like he, he has that, I don't know, like with, um, oh, I'm just blanking here. Who's the director of Rogue One, everyone? Gareth Edwards. Thank you. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm still very tired. Gareth uh, Edwards, like he, he was such a fan, but maybe he seemed a bit, and, and this is just analyzing the way he talks in public, but a little bit in awe of what he was doing. Like maybe that he didn't, <laughs> Like, like Ryan seems like, I know how important this is. I was like a 10-year-old Luke Skywalker fan, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge the 10-year-old Luke Skywalker fan in myself and, and get it done. He just seems a bit more sure-footed with um, talking about the film. What, what do you guys think about that? I totally agree. He seems very confident, and I like that. Like, he seems – I mean, he acknowledges the pressure and, and – you know, the anxiety that it seems to have given him, but he seems like he's read, he, he, he was prepared to step up to the plate and uh, handle his business how he needed to. So, and, and I didn't yeah, think I going think... down and signing for that long, it's just like, like he gets how cool that is. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. Like, what's the coolest thing I can do? And, you know, like, you know, I, I, you know, when J.J. Abrams sent down, like, coffee and donuts at, um, at San Diego Comic-Con and, you know, people have sent down pizza and stuff, like, that's rad. But to come down and, and you know, put your sleep, night's sleep at risk and, you know, you've got a big day the next day, to come down and chill and not make it like, I just walked through and thanks for coming, but just legit if you are so into this movie that you are going to have the bizarrest 12 hour pleasure torture chamber test, I'm going to come down and, um, you know, give you something to like, like I saw so many people that had their badges signed for the rest of the weekend, had the little Ryan Johnson on their badge. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, and you know, maybe where, you know, I, I think we're all got crushes on Ryan Johnson now. So anything he says about the film for the next three months is like, this is going to be the best one, guys. Ryan, we will not let us down. <laughs> I wasn't there. I was watching on YouTube. I was watching things on Periscope, and I felt that. Yeah. You know, I like, got like, like squeeing every time I saw him. Oof. It was good. It was good. Um, anything else to leave us with, King Tom? No, you know, thanks for sharing everything you guys shared and uh, all the all the content on all of your podcasts, your award-winning podcasts, I should say. Uh, hey. Congratulations on that too. So, thanks a lot, guys. Cheers, Tom. I uh, I will you talk buddy. to you soon. Okay. Hey, you guys, please help us pod it forward. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, we are at Steel Wars, and it really seriously helps if you share the episode announcement. If everyone listening managed to get one extra person to check out the podcast, then we've doubled our audience, which will lead us to be able to do more cool things like these blog pods. Also, while you're listening to the rest of the show, why not get onto that iTunes and write us a sweet five-star review? It bumps us up the rankings, vouches to other Star Wars fans we're doing good stuff, and makes your host feel warm inside. And a happy host means good content. Really appreciate your support, and back to the show. 
All right. So we have gone, uh, we've got about 50 minutes, uh, a bit over what I was planning on doing in the free feed, but um, we've been having a good time. So if you don't know, as part of the Patreon uh, deal, you get a fast pass to call in. So all the people so far have been uh, Patreon members. Just a, just a little extra Thanks to those crew. So we'll end with one more Patreon call. And then if you're listening live, the show will continue and you'll get to listen to the rest of it in real time and still call in if you wish. And uh, also shout out to everyone in the chat room. It is absolutely throbbing with conversation at the moment. And uh, there's a bit of excitement over King Tom's uh, visit to the show. So um, royalty does have its privileges. But for our last call in the open time, if you're listening on demand, we will go to New York City and to Emily Lind. Good evening, Emily. Hey, guys. What's up? What do you got for us, mate? Uh, well, first, I want to say how much I've enjoyed uh, listening to all the sweet, sweet concerts. Oh, Emily just dropped out. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Just when we're halfway through the word content, it dropped out. The irony. (laughs) (laughs) That is brutal. That is brutal. Um, All right, we'll get Emily. If she can call back in, we'll get her in the supporter section. So how about we go to Patreon member Brittany. How are you doing? Oh, hello? Hey, Brittany. What's going on? Hi. How are you? I'm so good. I'm great. Oh my god, today's been like a roller coaster. I set my alarm and everything for this, and then like everything like came up. I had to go shopping for like a wedding thing tomorrow or a wedding shower. Then I get my nails done, and I was like, oh my god, now I'm going to be able to to get this call and everything happened. And then I'm like, I'm so excited. Hi, my mom's laughing at me right now because I sound pathetic. Brittany, I appreciate it yep. before anyone calls in that they get their nails done. So I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, is that mine? That is me. Hey. Oh, my God. I just started listening to Rogue One, and I love you. I love your well, fiance. You. She's great. Me, too. I listen, I listen to the podcast where you guys had, like, the, the newlywed game, kind of, and how you met. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, Jessie's awesome. She's got the most soothing voice. I, I find it I know. very relaxing to listen to. I felt so relaxed listening to that. Like, I had to listen to that podcast. Or I listened to it this morning when I was getting ready, the one where um, you guys talk about your first uh, couple days at Celebration. And I was like, I love her. I love you guys. <laughs> I love Johnny Grosso. And... Deal. I love you. All right, we're gonna. We will have to edit out that bit about Johnny Grasso because there is. Uh, <laughs> there is there is ego management issues. Uh, you can leave it in, Eric. I can leave it in. Hey, Hawes, this is what I want to know. What's it like? She's got the the sweetest, most soothing voice. What's it like when that voice is yelling at you? I'm sure you know. I'm sure there's times when the beard's looking a bit messy. You got to get cleaned up. What's it like when that that soothing voice turns? Uh, it is, uh, it's scary, man. She can turn on that dark side, but you know what? I'm, I'm a, I'm kind of smooth at it. Like I can avoid that. It's, it's mostly, um, directed at other people besides me now, like in traffic. Ooh, ooh. She's like a sailor. Well, what's on your mind, Brittany? What would you like to, um, discuss? Oh, I want to discuss Star Wars Rebels. Your favorite show after that Twin Sons episode that got everyone pissed off, including me, kind of. But we'll go into that later. So, Dave Fioni announced at Celebration that this is the last season. He's done. Yada yada yada. How do you guys feel about that? And what do you? How do you think this season is going to end? Well, he gave a little bit of information. And we know that we're not going to see the Battle of Scarab in Rebels. So that's interesting. We also know that this season is only going to be 15 episodes. It's a shorter season, 
which I think could actually be to its benefit. Because I think if it's if it's a shorter season, then maybe we won't get some of those goofier episodes that uh, Rebels has been known for. Um, but I think we're going to see. I mean, I I, well, I want to say that we're going to see the end to Ezra and Kanan storyline, but who oh, knows I hope so. really? Who I, knows? I hope about Ezra. I'm done with Ezra. I am a hundred percent done with Ezra. I have been kind of since the beginning. And then it kind of warmed up to him. And then just Obi-Wan on Tatooine. I'm like, I'm done. done. Ezra, I'm done. Yeah, it was interesting... They um they said with the Ezra being a big part of that episode, it's like, well, he's the star of Rebels, so he had to be in it. And that, to me, says, well, maybe that story was not meant to be told in Rebels then. Like, if you have to wedge yeah. someone into the story. And it got to me how, like, Ezra is this training Padawan Jedi or a training Jedi... He meets one of the great Jedi masters and it's just like, all right, see ya. Like there's no, like he didn't even mention it to Kanan when he got back. You'd think that would be, I, I, I just thought that should have been the main topic of discussion. It's like, I met Ben Kenobi or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Here's a um, good example. so weird. I didn't like that. Especially <laughs> when that last, or the season finale when Kanan's like, oh, I've taught you everything. Like, no, you haven't. <laughs> no, like this, like Kanan Jarrus probably had, I don't know, well, I forgot how old he was when Order 66 happened, but he had at least like 10, probably 15 years of training, and he's telling this kid, oh no, you're done, like Kanan, come on, you're blind, but, you know, yeah. What happened to Brittany? <laughs> she dropped out mid-sentence. She got real mad. <laughs> got real mad talking about Kanan. I did. I was so mad after watching that season finale because there was nothing. And then I saw the trailer for season four, and I'm like, okay, hot palace, I'm in. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, do you know, Hawes, the thing I appreciate about, appreciate about Brittany is she's the happiest ranter we've ever had call in. Right? Like, like she's so mad about Rebels, but she's just so happy. Like, it's, it's, I'm just so happy, you know? It's like I'm mad, but I'm happy, you know? It's, it's, it's like I'm talking to you guys, but I'm mad at Rebels. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, that, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, I think we're in... I, my hopes are up. We, you know, we've got a set number of episodes. Dave Filoni has got no time to waste. And, you know, much like when the creators of Lost had their their end date, they got to really aim towards that. I think we're going to get some very important episodes that... Um, the episode that they, show, they did show, which was not the first episode, but it seemed to be mid-season, it was... Apart from, and this will be to no anyone's surprise, a bit of Ezra wackiness, where he really gets his Jar Jar on for a second there. Um, it, it, like it's an amazing and and deep and and sad and, and shocking episode. So if it's oh really, yeah, it it was like like yeah, it was. Um, I I was very taken that like this show that had an episode with um, Steve Stanton in a robot suit singing in space. That, that was my favorite. <laughs> the, 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 same, um, the same show has this very dark ending of one of the episodes. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I you know, have my issues with the cartoon, but my hopes are high for this uh, final season. Yeah, I'm just hesitant because the trailers always look great. When they do a Rebels trailer, it always gets me excited. And I feel like it's kind of burned me in the past. So I'm hesitant. Of course, I'm going to watch it. It's Star Wars. What else am I going to do? Yeah, same. But uh, yeah, no, I mean- no, no trailer has ever been as like hopes high to then what then the trailer for the Clone Wars movie, that animated movie. It looked like <laughs> such a gritty war film. And then there was Snips and Fly Guy. It was like, ah! Um, yeah. yeah, baby Jabba. I, I really felt like, 
Yeah, I really felt like I was sold a false package. I've never watched that again. I went to the cinema to watch it, and I've I've never seen it again. Oh, really? Mm, yeah, it doesn't hold up. I, oh it was, it didn't I... hold then, but yeah. I am. I, I, I think I will save watching it and I'll do a commentary for it with some friends and like go in totally, you know, I, I've, I've got the vaguest memories of it. So um, that might be an interesting test. But I definitely, that, that definitely tempered my excitement going into Clone Wars. I was sort of just like, I'm not sure if this is the Star Wars for me. Um, yeah. but, but talk about getting so much better from the, that theatrical movie to some of the stuff we got later in Clone Wars, it was a huge jump in quality. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Brittany, thanks for calling yes. in, mate. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your support of the show on Patreon. I, um, I, am, I can't thank you enough, man. And thank I you. would appreciate if um, you don't be a stranger. It was, uh, it was great to talk to you. So uh, feel free to call back in whenever you want. Oh, yeah, you guys will hear from me more. I, I love you guys. You, you make my graveyard shifts at work more enjoyable. And, yeah, I love you guys. I love you, Haas. I love you, Steel. I love everyone. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and where are you calling from, Brittany? Uh, San Diego. Oh, nice, nice. Are you going to be at Comic-Con? I don't know. I want to go because I'm hoping that you guys will kind of do like a little thing like you did in Orlando because I'm kicking myself really hard in the face for not going to Celebration because of all the fun I heard you guys have and listening to your podcast. And I felt like I was there and I was like, oh, my God, why wasn't I there? Well, don't be too hard on yourself although i admire how flexible you must be stop kicking yourself in the face okay um i'll try <laughs> we will uh there are plans to do something in uh, san diego so uh get set. Well, i'll be there love it well i'll talk to you soon Brittany. all right nice talking to you bye guys bye bye all right, Horsey. So we uh, ended up doing about an hour on the free feed. So uh, if you're listening live, the show will continue and we will uh, get to the rest of your calls. If you are listening on demand to hear the bonus show and hours, hundreds of hours of back catalog episodes of Steel Wars, plus bonus shows like the Making Steel Wars show and the Q&As, the uh, live commentaries, uh, just join up on the content club at Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And uh, also uh, the new episode with the cast interviews are up. If you have uh, Twitter or Facebook and you want to share that one about, I would be ever so grateful. And my co-host Hawes hosts two of my favorite Star Wars podcasts. Tell us where to find them, buddy. So uh, you can check out Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for wieners, uh, and Blue Harvest, uh, both on the Making Star Wars Network, on iTunes, on Google Play, Stitcher, any of those places you would get podcasts. Very nice. Well, thank you, everyone, for calling in. We'll go to the bonus section. It was so much fun to be back on this format it is uh, one that I very much enjoy. And as we go off into the bonus section, may that force be with you. Alrighty, let's go to 405. Uh, who may you be and where are you calling from? This is Aaron from Oklahoma City. Go, buddy. Aaron, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. How you doing, guys? Pretty so good, buddy. How are you? That, that, that you're back there and I'm back here. It's it's yeah, oh. it's uh, it's. It's pretty, yeah, it's, no, I've been, I've been fighting those blues. I know all about it. I got to figure out this uh, VIP Patreon line. I didn't know there was one. I'm going to have to get with the King Tom on that one. Hey guys, thank you for listening in to that really fun call-in show with Hawes Burkhart. Now, as you would have heard, 
we then went on to do the Patreon Content Club bonus section, which ended up going for another hour. And we talked about how Star Wars brings people together, the worst exclusive of Star Wars Celebration. We go a bit behind the scenes on my interviews with the cast and crew of The Last Jedi. Uh, We talk about rumoured directors for future films, the quote, The Jedi Must End, The Force of Destiny Reveal, New Toy Lines, The Greatest Caller of All Time, The Battlefront 2 trailer, and The Best Smelling Last Jedi cast member, and so much more in the Content Club, which you can join for just $3 a month on Patreon. Uh, So much bonus content this week. We just put up 80 minutes episode of Gonkin Steel's Trash Compactor with me and my great friend from Jack's Pacific Toys, Tony Medina, discussing Star Wars very loosely. It is so much fun. Plus, you have got the full Making Star Wars Podcast Party live show that is a bit under two hours with the erotic fan fiction read. You've got two After Dark blog pods from Star Wars Celebration, Late Night Hijinks, and that's just this week, you guys. There is over 250 episodes for you to tuck into. So many bonus episodes, all the full-length interviews for just $3 a month on Patreon. It's just an expensive can of Coke. Or a decent cup of coffee. Or in some places, half a decent cup of coffee. If you're in Perth, Australia, it is one third of a decent cup of coffee. And it supports all the regular programming as well. I really appreciate it. But if signing up for the content club isn't your thing, we would really appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. It bumps up the rankings, vouchers to other Star Wars fans that we're doing good stuff and makes me feel warm inside. Also, if you share the episode announcement on Twitter or Facebook, it is so appreciated. Pod it forward. That is the minimum effort we need from the listeners. If everyone got a new listener, we would double our listenership, and then they'd get a new listener, and we'd just... We'd be huge, and the guests and the things we'd be able to do. So it's in your best interest to pod it forward. Thank you guys so much. Next call-in show will be Friday Night American Time, a Saturday late morning Australian time. Check your local guides, and may that force be with you.